What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with a Saturday Night Sit Down. And to start off today's show, I'm bringing back a good friend of mine and a great, great guest, Dylan Smith. What's going on, baby? How you doing, my man? I'm great, Freddie. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back in a studio. I haven't been in one forever. No, absolutely, man. Like I said, man, this this is the new place, right? The Freakishly Labs, and we're gonna get you in here to start doing you know, doing some more deals for the dyslexia things. Um, but yeah, this is a new place, man. I love the new set, man. I love everything that's going on. The quality of work is gonna be absolutely amazing, man. And and I wanted to have you back because um, I wanted to do a follow up, right? Because this has been like about a year now, right? Since Over a we year. did our first episode, right? Yes. And, and if I'm not mistaken, right, like I, it was the first time you're being interviewed, right, on a show, right? As a guest, as yes. a guest, right? So. That that I, I'm honored to have you there because that episode was really the start of an amazing friendship, man. And I like to say that because it's just you know it's only been a year, but it's been a crazy, crazy oh ride of what's happened this past year, huh? So much has happened. Now I don't like what they said right, when, in the last episode. I want to recap, right? Like one of the things that we said about a year ago, right? For you, one of your goals, you wanted to have an event, right? You want to go out there and, and host an event. Now it's been one year. And, and, and I'll let you break news. What, what have you done this past year, my man? Uh, so I also wanted to open up with, you hosted an event. Yes, sir. Yes, right? sir. So yes, we're going to talk about thank events you, for thank a you, second. Thank you. And you brought up some things. And I did my, when you, you called me. Yeah, yeah. Week of your event. You're like, hey, can you come through? Come, come on the stage. And I was like, yeah. So I also did my research back on you again. Listen to our podcast again. And I'm like, in that episode, if anybody listening follows back to that first episode, I said I wanted to go in schools, I wanted to host an event, I want to do this, I want to do that. I accomplished everything in that episode and more. Absolutely, absolutely. By the time we were on stage at your event. Yes, sir. Yes, but sir. Back to your question is, since then I've hosted two events and sold them both out over capacity. That's right, man. It's been absolutely amazing, amazing events. Man, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the first one, but the second one, I was just a couple of weeks ago, has just been absolutely incredible, man. I'm, I'm still feeling the after effects of that, man. Just the people that were in the room, the energy, the vibe, um, and just that, like that. That's that's why, like, I took you aside in there, right? You know, when we were Dude, going through, yeah. you all everything was going crazy and stuff, and, and I knew where your mentality is, right? Like, you wanted everything to be perfect, and everything's going on, and you rushing back and this and forth, and I just grabbed. it. I was like, Yo, listen, Dylan, just just take a second, man. Just take a second. <laughs> Look around this room. Just look around and look what you did. Yeah. Look what you've accomplished. Like, you did this. Everybody's here because of you. Nobody else, bro. Like, just soak it in for a moment. Appreciate the little wins, man, because, you know what I mean? It's going to be gone tomorrow, right? And, you know, you really had to soak it in. And I just want to do that because, again, like I said, you know, we, we, it's been a year and everything that we've wanted to do and more, we've just grown so much. Um, and it's been incredible, you know, just, just having you as my back, having you in my corner, man. I know we've got so much more things going on in the future, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an amazing moment. Uh, you got to meet some people that I told you stories about. Absolutely, absolutely. Like my family, my mom, my pappy. Absolutely. I mean, he's a great man, and, and pappy's going to be I'm, I'm, I'm getting him on the show, man. We're yes. going to get him in to see someone. Yes. Somehow he's going to be on here because he's be a great, great man. So I was just, just so looking forward to speaking to him. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big deal for him. Um, that was I signed in, and I got in trouble for that event, actually, because I signed an insurance contract that not one more person would be in that room. We said 56, and we sold 60-something tickets. And then when I looked up at my keynote, you were in the room. Every seat was full, and the perimeter room was filled, which was over 60-something people. Right, right. So I got a fine, a nice 600-something dollar fine for that. But, you know, I, I was like, Brandon, dude, like, we can't sell more than 56. He's like, that's a good problem to have, Dylan. Like, exactly. Just pay the fine. That's it. Sometimes you got to eat those, man. You got to eat those, man. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, right? Well, it was a... Uh, um, uh, Mark Cuban, I love this one where they where they interviewing him and he was like, "Yeah, you just got fined fifty thousand dollars for for cursing on national TV," and he was like, "What?" He's like, "Really? So if I do it again, it's another fifty thousand going to that charity?" They was like, "Yeah, fuck it." Like that was just, <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah. you know. So sometimes you just gotta do that, right? You know, and that's a great problem to have. And like you said, you know, man, to think about at it at twenty one years old. In the course of a year, right, you went in there, started, and said, listen, I'm, I'm doing this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? It's what I want to accomplish. And you did every last one of those things. And you got huge things coming up in the future, man. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, at 21, we went on tour to schools. I had an assistant. Me and him drove my Toyota Corolla on tour and spoke to a bunch of schools, and we were paid for it, which was crazy. I'll, when I walked in on the first stop on tour in Virginia, mm -hmm. 
one teacher I saw wearing my shirt. I'm wearing it now. Uh, it's like, that's crazy. Another teacher appears around the corner, has the shirt on. I walk into the office. The principal's wearing the shirt. I, at the time, didn't have much control over my shirt orders. Right, right. I didn't know. My sister didn't tell me. He wanted to surprise me. The school booked, so every staff member was wearing my shirt. So when I got on stage, wow. I looked up, and everybody has my shirt on. That's incredible, I was right? like, what? This is like, I wanted to cry, but I had to speak to the board. And I could not. The whole board, they all had it. The teachers, everybody was like, what the heck? Walking through the hallway, I had security. Every teacher had a shirt on. I'm like, oh, my God. Hi, Dylan. Like, we rolled up to the school. It's a private Catholic school. Gate opens. He was like, Dylan Smith? He's like, oh, we got Dylan Smith here. And then complete, like, like celebrity status treatment. There you go, man. It was nuts. There you go, man. That's just a compass. Like I said, you know, we'll, 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 like we say, you know, speak things into the universe, right? We were just talking about that before the show. Um, and just, just the law of attraction, right? You, If you know what you want, speak it out there. Make it known so that it can come to you and it can find you, right? So that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. Um, so this is incredible, man. And just like that, too. Like, and, and being at the 50th event when you came through, right? Um, you know, I had the pleasure of uh, inter- uh, meeting some of your new people around you, right? You know yes. what I mean? When you came into the studio and I met you for the first time, I was just there. It was Dylan Smith. No um, crew, you know, no, no crew, nothing like that, man. It's just, just this young kid, so eager, ready to go, full of energy, um, you know, and just just so inspiring. Like I said, man, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, looking da- I'm looking at you and I'm just like, man, like this kid is so inspiring, man. Like he really gives me energy to go in and something, you know, to chase and, and inspire. So it's just incredible that you're able to do that. And, and then now that I see you at my 50th event, now you got your little crew, so and you know, I want to speak to some of them. So, so, so I'll let you do the rest here, right? So, like, there's just stories. Like, obviously, um, the whole the structure behind the final odds day. We've spoken about it, right? Right. It was to help those who need it most. So many people have so many questions about, oh, like Freddie Fox. How did you get started becoming Freddie Fox, Dylan? How did you start? You could tell anybody what you did, your exact steps. That's easy. Mm-hmm. But if they don't want to be Freddie Fox, America's big brother, your steps aren't going to help them. Absolutely. If they don't want to be Don Smith. DS for dyslexia, my steps aren't going to help them. But steps that we've taken, they can use, right? So I've had a lot of people come up to me and they're like, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? I want to do this. How do I do this? I'm not happy where I am. And this, this gentleman, he was like, he came up to me on a Saturday night. I rolled into the, we, everybody in our town hangs out in this one spot. And I was rolling with my friends and a couple of girls. And it's a Saturday night. I work a lot. Kid rolls up to me. He's like, yo, can we stop, talk stocks? And I'm like, what? Like, no. Like, what are you talking about? And then he knew what, I guess, string to pull because we went to high school together. And he got me talking business. And once I started talking business, I'm in. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm in. And uh, then we didn't talk for a long time. And then he asked me again. Then he asked me again. Then he asked me again. He showed me eagerness. And then my assistant went back to playing baseball. And my intern went home. And then this happened. And then I needed somebody. And then I was like, all right, this kid's showing me enough. So I showed up at this, I called him out of nowhere and I showed up at his house on like a Monday night at 9 p.m. And I was like, hey, you want to do this? Do X, Y, and Z, and then we'll see what I can do. And he did X, Y, Z, B, A, C. <laughs> and then he didn't call me, but he, I was watching. Right, right. And I had people talking and uh, he, I said, hey, we got, I got this place. My assistant has just stepped down. I have no intern. I need you there. Like, okay, I'm there. Where? Stanford's like, I'm moving, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and then he just made it happen, and that was your event. So he went, and he, he learned, and he pushed himself out of his comfort zone to give you a testimony Absolutely. out front of the venue, and uh, and then I started doing a press tour for my stuff, and he was there. I had him doing my press tour with me, I had him doing this. And I got a lot of comments, I and mean, you observed it for sure, everybody's like, yo, your team was on it at the event, on it. Everything worked like such an oiled machine, and for this kid to... Uh, for this kid to be able to go from, you know, pizza delivery, hanging out in this parking lot every night, not knowing what he wants to do, doing the wrong things. I asked him one question. I said, who in this parking lot has what you want? And he didn't have an answer for me. He said, nobody here. I was like, then why are you here? If I'm the only person who has the answers that you want, and I show up once a year for 10 minutes, why are you still here? Change nothing, nothing changes. And he took it, he ran, and he's literally unrecognizable. Like, two months ago, he was doing that. He did my press tour, he did my event, and then he's like, I'm doing this. He just signed with uh, Gio, who's going to be an upcoming uh, episode, who's already out. And uh, he's just been, how do I level up? How do I level up? He went from, I don't know if I can make it, to really, I'm going to make it work. And I just kept asking him, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? So I can really, I'm so proud. His name is Eli Lopez. He's my intern. His internship ends soon. I'm very sad about it. If he wasn't moving, he'd be, he'd be on full time. 
And uh, I mean, I'm proud of him. He's he wants it. Awesome, awesome. And I'm man. so glad that you're you're letting him come on here. Like this is awesome. No, most definitely. And 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 why I wanted to have him on here, right, is because I see that right to um, look at you. And when you came in here, right, 20 years old into the studio, and and just the the eagerness and just how sure and I think that's what it was, right? I think. And if I'm being honest with myself, I think that's what it was, man. I I I was. I envied your confidence in a sense, right? Because, you know, you're being so young. I was like, man, I wish I had the balls this kid had at his age, man. I was just so unsure of who I was and what I wanted at that time. And to see somebody so young to talk to a CEO in the manner that you did, you know, and, and, and doing the things that you're doing and speaking that it just means, you know, how much you believe in yourself and how much confidence you have at such an age that people even younger than you want to follow you, right? And yeah. so so it's absolutely amazing, man, what you're doing. Thank you so much for stopping in, man, and then just giving us a little update on where you've been and what's going on we're going yeah. I'm definitely gonna have you back multiple times 100%. right um so so thank you so much Zella, man if you can let's bring him in here man. let's bring eli lopez onto the show man come on hello hello what's going on what's, what's going, going on, on man? man how you doing man how you doing? i'm doing good thank you for having me here no absolutely man and, and, and like i said man that's why i wanted to have you here because um you know Part of the reason that I'm doing this show is because of that, right? Like I, I, I like I said, everybody, I understand, and I've seen the effects of the the um, you know, when kids don't have positive role models, right? And just like the things that they're going down, and like I said, you know, the kids in my fam, the kids that I grew up with, and, and friends, you know, whose dads weren't in the picture for one reason or the other, and how that impacted them on growing up, right? And and seeing what they want to do and how how they want to be. So to see somebody like you, right, so young and so eager, willing to learn and trying to grow up and develop shows that you have a a a, a elevated mindset, right? Yeah. You know, compared to all your peers, which is absolutely amazing. So that's why I had to have you on here, man. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. I've been eager to share my story with a lot of people. It's something I haven't done. Uh, something I wanted to do and push myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I've been eager to do it because it's just it's what I want to do. Absolutely. And. I feel like if you speak it into existence, it will happen. That's why speaker school, we go together. Absolutely. That's why I said it. I called out Carl. I was like, I'm going on your podcast. If that don't work, I point to everyone who had a podcast. And they were like, I'm going on your podcast one way or another. It's going to happen. And we made it work. <laughs> right. You know, and that's like it says, right? Speaking into existence, right? If you, well, if you really want something, let it be known, right? Put mm -hmm. it out there, right? If you keep it to yourself, you know, you never know you're going to achieve it. So, yeah. It's incredible that, that, that you're having that mindset that, that, that you're doing that. And we're, we're going to dig into your story and do all those things. But I was eager because, again, you're being so young. And mm -hmm. part of the, me doing this show is trying to figure out what it takes to really be a good man or a good person, right? And try to see that's developed for the younger kids, right? Giving them the role models that's coming up and those, right? So for you, if you had to think about it, right, what do you think are the good characteristics it takes to be a good man or a good person? Good question, actually. Um, never really thought about that. I feel like to be a good man and be a good person, um, really, don't fold your integrity for someone else mm. at all. Wow. Don't fold your integrity. Because, like, I had um, my ex, for example. She, at the time, didn't have many friends, and but she didn't like this one girl, but only talked to her because she had no one else. But she still didn't like her. And she told me all the time, I don't like her, but, you know, I have no one else to talk to. I was like, don't fold your integrity for someone else. You don't even like her, and you feel like she's only coming back to use you for boy issues, which ended up happening. I was like, you see what happens when you fold your integrity for someone else. You do something you don't like, and you be uncomfortable. So that's what I feel like it also takes to be a good man. Another thing is, um, you know, when something bad happens, us as men, we just can't run away. Mm -hmm. You can't. We don't have that option. So I feel like no matter what happens, you have to step up to the plate and you have to just face it. You have to figure it out. I like this, uh, I like this one quote by Brandon Gay Doris. He says, um, there's something that's going to happen every day that you don't have the answer to, but you just got to figure it out. And as a man, you just got to figure it out. And another thing is, don't lie. <laughs> I know it sounds so simple, but it, lying will get you nowhere and ends up getting you in trouble a lot of times. So if you're a young person who's just always lying to get their way don't do it. it it always leaves you down a rabbit hole you know you don't want to be in yo do, do, those are some 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 big answers man coming from somebody so young yeah. you know what i mean like you know you're, you're, 
to think about this right you're 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 19 years old and right this is the age right where we're as kids that you were with our friends we're trying to fit in and going out and partying and doing all these things and kind of like facing constant peer pressure and the first thing out your mouth is don't fold your integrity for somebody <laughs> like that that to me speaks volumes of the type of mentality that you mm-hmm. have right like that is bold because i've constantly said that you know and i'll say that too i mean i'll I fell victim to that, right? You know, growing up and trying to figure out, like, I, I really thought that it was wrong to be me, right? Like, yeah, because well, I'm we so all fell victim to that. Yeah, we all fell victim to that at some point. I got into a lot of bad habits for doing that, just trying to fit in. Right, right. Say. Um, and it, it led me down a bad hole. It led me down a bad path that I uh, I don't regret because it taught me a lot. But um, I'm glad that I went through it. But it's something I, I don't want to go back to, I would say. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of people that I still talk to, per se, that I still know from that. But it's, I, I don't want to be around it anymore because I'm trying to surround myself with a better community. That would, Like, what Dylan always tells me, he tells me, if someone has what you want, then talk to them. Don't talk to someone else who doesn't have what you want. Like you were saying at the parking lot, he asked me. Does anyone here have what you want? Like, mm, besides cool cars now. <laughs> and I honestly think my car's the best. So yeah, no, no, no one here has what I want besides what Dylan has. And he's like, well, why are you here? And I was like, well, you have a good point. <laughs> so uh, since then, I've changed my mindset. That's what I love about Dylan. He's helped me change my mindset so much by surrounding me by a great community of people like yourself, like Brandon, like Gio, we mentioned already. Um... And yeah, it's helped me change my mindset a lot. And I definitely needed that from where I was when he found me. <laughs> I, and forgive me, like I'm, I'm here just kind of smirking and just like in amazement because the more you talk, the more I'm impressed with just your mindset, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's just incredible for you to think the way you think at this age, you know, to to be so aware Right of what you really want and so self assured. It's like same thing I got selling at you know Dylan before this. It's just like I envy that in, in, in people mm-hmm. this young because I didn't have that. Right, I was I was so scared to achieve that, and um, it's just so crazy to see that, that it can be done. Right, and, and yeah. people do have that mentality. And and for you, right, because you said right, you know, folding your integrity and leading you down the path of and cause it. So, what was the less? How how did you? Develop that. Why did that make that a characteristic for you? They don't fold entirely. What was it that was like? You know what? This is is it. Like this is what mm-hmm. it takes. Like what, what? What was that moment? Okay, so it was a few things, but I would say the main one is um, I don't know if I should say this on camera. I used to smoke weed a lot, okay, <laughs> a lot every day, just nonstop. And if I didn't smoke my own weed, I was smoking someone else's. And I the reason I started into that, it, the vapes got me into it. Everyone vapes nowadays. Things crazy getting so addicted so quick so that's what got me into it also my big brother also did it mm-hmm. so it just felt like the right thing to do mm-hmm. but it also didn't feel like when I first started it didn't feel like it was me mm-hmm. and when I stopped smoking weed my mind I just thought so much clearer and I was like alright why did I even get into this in the first place well because everyone else around me was doing it and it's another thing about community when you surround yourself by it you're going to end up doing it. If you right, surround right. yourself by five millionaires, you're going to be six. Surround yourself by five stoners, you're going to be a six. And so when I surrounded myself by it, uh, it just ended up doing it. They were like, here, like, okay, I'll try it. Not knowing what it would do. And it just led me down to uh, doing it every freaking day, becoming almost addicted to it. Um, Not to the plant itself, but to the feeling of being high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and... When that happened, it just, it kept going from there. And then I ended up spending money I didn't have or every single penny I got was into that. Like if I would ask my mom for 20 bucks to go to McDonald's, I ended up spending it on like two disposables, not eating anything for the day. It was, it was stupid. It was stupid <laughs> looking back at it. I'm like, why did I even do that? Why did I even get into it? So much money, so much time wasted. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, the opportunity cost at the time that you wasted because right. a lot of the times when I was um, smoking weed, I had a mentality was like, I was just so chilled. I was just so laid back, and I wasn't trying to do anything. Everyone asked me, oh, why don't you get a job? And I always made up excuses. That's another thing. I always made up excuses. And 
I would find excuses to just go smoke weed. <laughs> anyway, and so I think that was one thing that told me, just, like, why are you folding your integrity? Why are you doing something just because like someone else is doing it? It's kind of stupid. And that's why now, like, I just don't do that, like, at all. I don't. And I, I want to stay true to myself in that way. That's probably one of the big things that has taught me, just don't fold your integrity. Another thing, my, my father as well. My father was born and raised in Brooklyn, so he's had a strong upbringing as well. Mm-hmm. And he's drilled a lot into me, like a lot of work ethic and things of that nature. Kind of awesome, man. I, mean, I think that that's huge, right? To to be able to to understand that and learn that at very young, I highly commend you, right? Because you. it's a, you need to have very strong character. Like that, like there's always that that saying, right? You need to stand for something because if you don't, you fall for anything. Yeah. Right. So you really, really want to develop a strong backbone and things like that. And along that, like I said, like different morals, right? So strong morals you want to hold yourself accountable to and live by on a day to day basis. So I know you said that too, right? Just now, right? Um, you know, uh, not folding for anybody, uh, not folding your integrity or what are some key morals for you? You would say that you think uh, you also you hold near to, near and dear to your heart. That's a good question. Wow, like I've never actually thought about that. So I'm glad you asked that. Some key morals. Um, I believe trust is a big one. Trust is a big moral. Uh, if you don't have trust with someone, then everything else is kind of lackluster. Like if I didn't trust you, for example. Then I'd be like, eh, I don't know if I want to come on this podcast. So, uh, another thing is, um, don't be fake. That's another one. A lot of people are so fake, and that's when I bring up the lying part. Like, we were just talking about the show earlier that true friends will talk shit straight to your face, mm-hmm. but then behind their back, they're saying the nicest things. Absolutely. Like, I was at dinner yesterday with Dylan, and he was grilling me, <laughs> drilling me <laughs> last night. I'm like, shit. But then he comes on the podcast and I see him talking so nicely about it. And it's the first time I actually heard him talking about me like that. I was like, wow. It made, made me smile. I was like, oh, back there off camera. Like, <laughs> yeah, stuff, right? It's amazing, right? To, to have those people in your corner and to have that. And and like you said, I think trust trust is, is huge in any any relationship, mm-hmm. right? And anything that you do, right? Think about it like, right? If, if you have, and I love this analogy, right? If you have like a glass cup jar whatever you want to say it Mm. you drop it and it shatters right yeah saying that's your trust even if you glue it back together and all the pieces of air Mm. it's never gonna be the same yeah you know what i mean Mm. so it's it's so key right and that's why it's so important to to when you find those people that you trust because i like listen there's like five people in this world that know my deepest darkest secrets yep that's it and probably not because my line to them is like, listen, man, I'm about to tell you something that you can't even tell yourself. Don't even repeat it in the mm-hmm. mirror, right? And that, no, that's the level of trust that you like. My, the, the, and when you say that about our trust, right? One of my closest, closest friends, man, my little brother, I love him to absolute death. Our relationship started off like that. And I love telling this story because it really showed me the type of person that he is and really like trajectory, like the, our relationship. But when I first came to the block, we were just learning to be friends, just, you know, introducing himself. Like, hey, my friend, this, that, or whatever. I brought him all up to my room. We chilling, this, that, and third and stuff. And then, um, uh, you know, we hear ice cream truck, right? And, um, you know, we run outside. I'm like, what's the ice cream truck? And I'm like, hey, um, you know, you want something from the ice cream truck? And he was like, um, um, nah, are you sure? Like, I'll buy you something from the ice cream truck. Yeah. You want some ice cream truck? He was like, um, 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 nah, nah, I'm good. So it's like, all right, whatever. I bought my ice cream and went back to my room. And we went back to the house. We was chilling and stuff like that. And when we went back into the room, he, he looks at me and says, hey, Fred, man, I, I can't do this to you, man. I said, what happened? He's like, listen, I'm going to show me your room, like, you know, your golden dollars you had in your drawer. I took one because I was going to get some from the ice cream truck. And I, I just I just couldn't do it to you, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I trust that dude with my entire life. Because of that one thing that he did on the day that we first met, you know, that was huge to me. I was yeah. like, I could trust him with my life. And I, I have been. You know what I mean? Like, this dude, this dude literally fought somebody for me, so I wouldn't get in trouble in school. Wow. My senior year, I was beefing with this one kid. This dude was getting in my face. He looked at me, came over to me, said, yo, Fred, you a senior, you don't need to get in trouble. He turned around and punched him dead in his face and wailed on him. So I wouldn't wow. get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's 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 so important to find those core friends and those people that you really trust because even no those five people that know my deepest darkest secret is nobody in my family that's blood related. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you, you, know, you get to go out there and pick the people that you, you want, which is very important on how you pick those people and have you yeah. around, as you were able to see, right? You know what I'm saying? Hanging with one crowd and you were only able to get to one place and nothing yeah. else. And you just changed a little bit of your surrounding and everything has been opened up to you. You know what I mean? So it's just absolutely incredible. Um, and just like that, again, I'm just, just so blown away by your mindset. That's so why I'm sitting here kind of like smirking and chuckling because I'm just so impressed. And that's why I love doing these shows and talking to people because I get to know them more and more. And um, and, and, and it's crazy. So like you said, right, like you, part of that thing is that you got from your dad, right, and what he said and mm-hmm. how, how he was raised and everything. And part of that just with the show is that, right, to, to get us as men to understand how important we are to our children and as kids, right? Why, why we shouldn't walk away or, you know what I mean? Like do everything in our power to be there for them because mm-hmm. what we do or what we teach them, whether we're there or not matters. Yes. Right. And 100%. if you're not there, you have no control over what they learn, think or do. And that's very, very dangerous. Yeah. Right. And in your case, it's a perfect example of right. Having your dad there for you and teaching you all these things. Right. So what, what would you describe your relationship like with your dad? Okay, so before I get into that, I would like to mention a few things. You were talking about um, when it comes to trusting people. It's so important to also have people to trust mm-hmm. when you want to become vulnerable to someone. Because I've been in the position where I've had to hold my emotions in, mm-hmm. and it's not a great place to be in. And it's always good to have someone you can trust to be able to vent to. And that was actually dealing for me when I was going through a bad time over the summer. So I would like I wanted to mention that, and also when you mentioned about um, doing one thing and only end up with one result, a lot of people want a different result all the time. Um, but every time they try to go after the different result, they're still the same. They don't change. So for me, it's like, how do you expect a different result if you don't change? Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep telling this one girl. Keeps trying to come back to me. <laughs> she I keeps do. expecting a different result, but she doesn't want to change herself. It. So it's like. <laughs> Hey, listen, I got Dylan hounding me about that too. <laughs> off listen, camera, he's like, listen, "Don't do it! Man. Don't do it! Don't do it!" I'm like, I know, man, I know. It, so, oh uh, yeah. What was your question again? I'm sorry. This is not, uh, man, let's move on. I don't want to, just, <laughs> just trust me; it's never going back. But my question to you is, right? Like for you, what was your relationship? What was your relationship with your dad like? Oh, I have a great relationship with my my father. So it's it's funny because he's actually not my blood father. Mm. So, yeah. So to hear that part, you have to hear a little bit of the story. And we have to actually start with my mother's story first. Just a little bit of it. So my mother had a kid at 17. Um, she got married at 17. She was, when growing up, a kid that didn't get a lot of attention. So when this one person gave her attention, she fell forward immediately. Ended up having a kid on accident. It wasn't on purpose. But um, they have a kid on accident. That's my older brother, Daryl. Um, Love the kid to death. But um, then they ended up divorcing. And then my mother got with my biological father. And she had two kids with him on accident. Again, we are both failed birth control. We're like that 0.01% that sneaked by. So, <laughs> and lucky to have me here. You're here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. <laughs> I'm here for a reason. Yeah, you're right. But, um, so, yeah. And then my biological father wasn't the greatest person. He wasn't the greatest man, I would say. Uh, he isn't a man that I look up to at all in any way because he only stayed around for his benefit because mm. when my mother got pregnant she was 17 when she got her first baby she didn't care she was like I'm stepping up myself so my mother was more of a man than my biological father was and when she had the second kid she said again I'm stepping up third kid again I'm stepping up we're all within five years of each other she had me at 23 so she has three kids at 23 and she's out on her own. So mm-hmm. She stepped up for herself. And my biological father only just stayed around for the benefit. Right. So, and he wasn't the greatest man. There is some things that he did to my older brother, Daryl, where my mom basically said, I had enough. And my, he also emotionally abused my mother. And it, was, it wasn't a great place to be. So he's not a man I admire at all. He didn't even work. He was just a fat ass that like sat on the couch. And the one time he worked was because my mother told him, we need a job, you need to get more income, or we're going to be nothing. And the reason we had to get more income in the house is because my mother actually was in a bad accident 
where she couldn't work. She her whole lower back is metal because she was in a car crash. Her back was rear-ended. Uh, at a stoplight on my brother's birthday, going to pick up his present. It sucks. But so she was down. She had a walker for two weeks, um, four weeks actually, and then she walked on a cane for the rest of her life. Um, and it started to leading her be overweight. She just couldn't step up anymore physically because she medically just couldn't wasn't allowed to work anymore. So that was the only reason he actually got a job, and he got a job at like a, as a bus driver, a school bus driver, something basic. But um, yeah, something happened. And I'm not going to get into detail what it is, but um, my mom basically said, add enough and threw all his stuff out. He's like, she, she was like, this is not the man that I want to my, to be raised on you know, my children to be raised by at all. And I admire her for that. Cause she, like I said, she is more of a man than he was. And then we moved out of that apartment. That was, by the way, I moved eight times before high school. So that was the third apartment we were in I was in myself so the, after that we moved to a place in Fishkill New York I don't know if you guys know where that is um and then around that same time my mother found my biological father uh and my mom was playing hard to get because you know, she's been hurt so many times so she was like not trying to open up or anything but my father was actually the persistent one and I call my father because he's the first one who's actually treated me like a father he was a man he stepped up to the plate and he actually, when he show you the type of man he was, when he wanted to take my mother on a date, she was like, I have kids. And then my father, the next line, he's pretty slick with this. He said, I'll take all of you out. And literally all three of us. And we all went to the Bronx Zoo together. He paid for everything and came back to the house. And he's been dad ever since. How old were you when he came into your life? I was seven years old, six years old around there. So my mother kicked my biological father out around six years old, I want to say, like early six. And then around seven years old is when my father came in. And what he did, actually, my parents ended up getting married. And then he actually adopted me and my brother, Aaron. Aaron's the middle one out of us three. And the only reason he didn't adopt Daryl was because he was already like 17 by the time they got married. So a year later, it wouldn't even matter. But... um, he still calls my father dad because, like I said, he's been the one that provided for us. He, when he was actually uh, came to the house, he drove to Long Island every day to work, mm. but he still came back to this house. So he drove like three hours there, three hours back and worked a 10 hour shift in between. But he still came back every night just to be a dad. Wow. Right. So his work ethic and him stepping up has taught me a lot. And also from his childhood, he's told me so many stories that I, I cannot repeat with my mouth. <laughs> because uh, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'll get in some trouble. But, um, yeah, so he's told me quite a lot about being a dad. He was he was the one who bought me my first designer shoe. But it was a Nike, and I was so excited about it. <laughs> and, yeah, he was the first for a lot of things. He told me a lot about being a man. A lot. So... My relationship with my father to answer your question is very good. And to this day, it's still very good. I think that's amazing, right? Like, you know, I, and, and as we see here, right, you know, um, you know, sort of with Dylan, his background, everything he's went into. And and, um, and I'll share with you, right? Like, my, my I have a, a, a brother, right? He's my half-brother. And, and I always hate saying that because, again, I love him to death, mm-hmm. man. I always wish we had a, a better relationship, man, mm-hmm. but... It is what it is, you know what I mean. But yeah. what what I, what I, what what brings me to that right is because my mom took him in like it was nothing. Yeah, right. Like that's my son. You know the funny thing about you saying that is my father actually had five kids kids of his own mm. that he brought with us, and my mother took them all in like their own, and he took us three in like his own. Together that makes eight, and they all are my parents' kids. That they literally call him daughter. They call me son, same way as anyone else. Yeah, and, and and it's wild because and and and, and I want to say this too because I don't know if she if she probably did or not, but I, I took Dylan's mom aside at his event, right? And uh, and I told her I said, you know, I just want to tell you what an incredible woman you are mm-hmm. to do what you did, right? To take on somebody else's kid and raise him at your own, 
is 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 impeccable, right? Like I saw that my I know my mom did that with my brother, right? And everybody, and it sucks because you see everybody in the world talk down to them, like, oh, how could you raise somebody else's yeah, kid? And he's 100%. not even yours. And why are you taking so much like why? And they make you, they try to make you look and feel like you're crazy. Yeah. So not well, only it's, that, it's um, also because you are to a sense. You are to a sense. You're crazy to a sense. Because when you think about it logically, it just doesn't make sense for yourself. But you still do it. And that's what, uh, like, if someone tells you, like, oh, I have conversations with people, and that's what I love to do in life. Literally, I sit down in front of a camera and I have conversations with people, and I record it. Everyone's going to literally look at you like you're crazy. But you do it because you want to. You do it because you love to. And it gives you meaning in life. So if that's what gives you meaning in life, then fuck everyone else. <laughs> you know, it's wild that you say that because, and, 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 and my my father-in-law, right? Um, he was a professional boxer. Mm-hmm. So he fought in these arenas, man. Yeah. Like, in front of these people and these crowds that go on there, like, going to battle. Yeah. And, and everyone he, thinks you're crazy. Well, no, the thing is that he, but you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, like, he constantly, because to me, I'm like, yo, this dude is, like, totally outgoing. He's confident. Like, you, got, you know what I mean? And he comes to me all the time. He's like, Freddie, I don't know how you do that talk show, man. Like, I don't know how you do <laughs> in front of a camera. Like, that takes guts. And I'm like, punch people in the face for like and like this is not this is the conversation but it's crazy because again like everybody's different right Everyone's like everybody different. reacts to things differently and absorbs things you know mm-hmm. how it is so it was just incredible but that, that, that's why like i said that like you know and they didn't say that crazy but that's what i said to Dylan's mom aside and i commended her because i understood what that's like and it takes a lot and i just wanted to say you know what it takes a strong woman to do that and you know you should be recognized 100%. for that and not feel like you're crazy because other people can't do it that just shows the lack of empathy that you have as a person mm-hmm. I would say because my mom always told me when people when people would come to her and they would say like how could you do that she was like that boy is innocent he had mm-hmm. nothing to do mm-hmm. with whatever happened between mm-hmm. my husband that woman whatever and that's got nothing to do with him yeah so he should not feel anything mm-hmm. or any way or bad about anything feel like, like bad word anyway yeah you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, it takes a lot. So, I mean, for your, your, you know, your stepdad and your mama, it, it's just a huge deal to do that, to take on somebody else's kid, especially like when you're older, right? Because I think that that also becomes challenging for you, right? And now I asked you, like, why age that you, you were when you came into your life? Because my, I wonder, right, is it because you had such a bad experience with your own biological father, right? Mm-hmm. When this man came into your life, were you immediately, like, welcoming or we're just like, this is another guy here to hurt my mom. Like, I don't got to do what you say. This, you ain't my dad. You ain't so, you know what I mean? Like, that's where, that. how did that feel? What was, Did that ever cross your mind at any point? So, it didn't cross my mind as much because I was, I was seven years old. So, I was still a little bit young, a little bit innocent. So, it, it crossed my mind in the beginning. I will say that. It, I was like, all right, who is this guy? Why is he here? But then as soon as he came here, like, the first time I met him, I went to the zoo. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great, starting off positive. My dad ain't never said me no damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's what it was. I was like, oh, damn, great. And then, again, my first pair of shoes. Like, he bought me a first pair of, like, actual Nike shoes. The last time I, before that, I got all my shoes at Walmart. And I thought Shaq's were freaking designer. <laughs> like, he's a dope. And then he showed me actual shoes, so, like, and then he showed me his culture. He's Puerto Rican. And he showed me all the food he makes. And he showed me, his, oh, yeah, yeah, that Puerto Rican food's good, man. Puerto Rican food's good. And I like those pasteles my grandma makes. Oof, Jesus. And I also don't like when you say stepdad because he's actually like my father. He's like on my birth certificate because he adopted me. Just wanted to point that out there. But, um, uh, yeah, so for me, it was a pretty easy transition into him just being like my father because he showed me right from the start that he was ready to be a father. So, and it's weird looking back on that. I didn't actually like think like that then, but it's kind of like I did at the same time. Like now I can actually put it into words. But then it was like, he was, he was my dad. Like still, he came in and he acted like a father the whole time. And for my brother, I would say my older brother, Daryl though, because he was actually much older than us. He was, like I said, five years older than me. So he was already in middle school. But he had a different dad anyway. You he said, had right? a, so how was yeah. it? Was his so dad for, ever around like that or no? So or was it? for his father, not a great man either. Uh, probably worse than I... I, I, I don't want to say worse, actually. Um, yeah, now he wasn't... 
the best role model either, or the best man, I would say. Because, uh, again, he wasn't the great man. I'm going to just leave it at that. Because um, there's a lot of things I could say about that, but I don't want That's a touchy yeah. subject for my family. Absolutely. So, but, yeah, for him, it was like, like what you just said, oh, another man is coming in to hurt my mom. Just like that. Like, that was it for him. And it took a lot of proving for my father and him to get through. They had a, a couple of scraps <laughs> they went through. But they got through it all. And like I said, he, my brother's 22, 23 now. And him, and he thinks my dad is the greatest man ever. He, he's a... Uh, I, he's just always so welcoming for my father. He's like, Dad, what's up? He always asks for my dad for help, anything he needs. He goes to my mother, my dad, and that's because he knows, like, my dad got him. Like, my dad got his back, and my dad's going to take care of him just because he's always taking care of us. He's always proven that he'll take care of us. Even when they had their fights and everything, he still took care of us. And I've had fights with my dad. My brother Aaron's had fights with my dad, and he's always taking care of us. And even for his biological kids, they've had fights, and he's still always try to take care of them. They, that's a little touchy subject over there. I'm not gonna get into that because some kids had just walked away and just didn't want anything doing my father. But um, that's because he was a different man when he was younger and had them. So I understand that part. But um, yeah. So for my brother Daryl, I would definitely say that was kind of his mentality. He was like, "This is just another guy." So, but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad because I was still, I was young. I was seven. I was innocent. Yeah. No, and, and I gotta, I gotta say, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you, man. Like, <laughs> this is just, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed and I love, like I said, I just, I love having these one-on-ones with people because I really get to unpack and just to know yeah. you as an individual. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, we were kind of winding down here, but I, I'm, I want to say like a word this question in the best possible way, right? But now that. From your experiences with dads, right, good and bad, you know, in that situation, and you had to put it into maybe like one thing to be a good dad, like for you, right? What does it mean to be a good dad to you? What do you think that would be like? What would that be? So I feel like being a good dad, first of all, you have to step up, but that's with anything you get thrown as a man, you have to step up. And actually, it was funny that you mentioned that. Because do you remember that scene from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when Will Smith, I know exactly, yeah, when Will Smith Who hasn't? Dad, yeah, when Who Will hasn't Smith's dad like away. <laughs> um, I feel the relationship Uncle Phil and Will Smith had in that relationship is what it is essentially what it is to be a good dad. Because Will Smith wasn't Uncle Phil's son. Mm-hmm. But he stepped up and did everything like a father did. Gave him a home, gave him food, gave him education, gave him money. Provided he provided, and that's what I feel like. Not even just a great dad should do; a great man should do. I feel like it takes a man to provide. Just for for if it's just for a woman, um, if it's for kids, if it's for family, if it's for your friend, even I feel a great man should provide, and a great man will then turn into a great father. But again, it all comes down to you have to provide, and that's why I feel like I want to become the optimal man myself. Um, just so I can provide. Let me and, let me break it down to yeah. you like this, right? Because you you saying that word provide, yeah. quite a lot, right? Yeah. And um, and I'm the same exact way. Mm. And 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 I'm telling you this now because I wish I probably would have understood this sooner to save me a lot of depression mm-hmm. and and anxiety, right? My thought as a man to be a provider meant like putting food on the table, like buying the food mm-hmm. or having, you know, buying the clothes or doing this and paying the bills and doing all that. For about six years, I wasn't able to really do any of those things that I want to the level that I felt that a man should do. Yeah. And in those six years, bro, I've contemplated suicide mm-hmm. at least four times mm-hmm. and was on the verge of attempt once. Yeah. Because I kept thinking provide, right? And I kept telling my wife, I was like, I'm not providing for you. Mm-hmm. And my wife was constantly telling me, look, you're home with the kids, right? I'm always home with my daughter every day, teaching her ABCs, 
one, two, three, how to count, play, mm-hmm. how to be a good person, manners, going out, and all those things. And she was really getting me to understand that that is providing. Mm-hmm. You're providing her something, right? Yeah. You're being something. So that's why I'm telling you this. I don't want you to get caught up in thinking that providing means financial. Mm. So don't don't get stuck on that because that'll drive you insane. Because, again, there's going to be a time you're going to lose your job. Yeah. You're going to be struggling for 100%. money. You're going to have some bills. And if you think that money and providing is the only way you're going to be a man, you're going to cut your balls off real, no, no. real early. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can completely agree with you on that. All right, all right. Cool, but cool. There's also, I would say there's also different ways of providing as well. Yes, yes. Because yet I feel like, so say, say a narcissist comes mm-hmm. into money. First, he's a narcissist. Now he has a lot of money. What is he? Narcissist with money. big narcissist. An even bigger narcissist. So, I feel like if you are a good man and can provide yourself first, that's why it all starts with self-development. Mm, mm. Um, I love this kid. Yeah, man, guys. Look that's at why this. it starts this is with like... <laughs> You always start with self-development first, and that's why I talk with Brandon. Well, first, you have to get in the mindset that you actually want to change. Absolutely. Then, then you go to self-development. And that's why I love the circle that I'm in, because you have Dylan, who gets you in the right mindset. And he'll get you around the right people to change your mindset to want to do that. And then you have Brandon who will help you develop yourself. So now you're ready to actually go into physical development. You're mm-hmm. ready to go in financial development and can provide in all the ways you want to provide. Because no matter what, if you know yourself well enough, you can provide yourself to your kids. Like you're saying, you're teaching their ABCs. That's providing 100%. Mm-hmm. But that's because you yourself are a man. Right. You yourself are a man. Now, you want to be able to provide financially. You want to be able to, to live long enough to see your kids grow up and get married. So now you want to provide physically for yourself so you can do that. So I feel like there's not just one way to provide. I feel like you need all of these things as well together. Because, okay. like I said, it's, it starts with yourself. Way more level-headed than me there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I want to actually... Teach men like us. Absolutely. Uh, self-development, obviously, mindset development, physical development, financial development, so they can do this themselves. But again, it all starts with yourself. Because, like I said, if a narcissist comes into money, they're a big narcissist. If a nice guy comes into money, they're a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. It, all these things, like big muscles. Like, I've seen douchebags who got money. and Or big muscles and they're just extreme douchebags at that yeah. point because yeah. now they have so much confidence that they're yeah. the shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like get the fuck away from me please no. so i feel like again it all starts with yourself and when, once you get yourself and your head in the right space then you go after these things you become the optimal version of yourself and i feel like it's important to do that because i heard a quote hell is when you are at the end of your life and you see the person you could have been but you're not that person because you didn't reach your full potential. Yeah, yeah, heard that. John Doe. Well, I remember John Doe said that was that was crazy. I've heard that, it. So yeah, really messed, that, that really made me start thinking mm-hmm. things differently. Yeah, um, you know, so it's, it's just you know it's incredible. Like you said, and then it's true, right? Like they say, like money changes you. Money doesn't change you. Money only amplifies what's already exactly. There. That's how I would 100%. say it. it. Only amplifies what's already there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you've known that. So I mean. It, Dude, this, this has been an incredible conversation. Man. I know we're going, we're definitely going to talk some more. Like I of said, course. we're definitely in the same circle. We're going through. I think you, the, your mentality is just, just absolutely amazing. So as we wind down here, I got two last questions for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Go ahead. So the first one, you know, so far in everything that you've been through, right, all your experiences that you've seen, people that you've talked to, what do you think has been the best piece of advice you received? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, it's so much. I would say the one that's popping out in my head right now is because I get told it every day by the man outside the room right now laughing at us, Dylan Smith, how badly do you want it? Every And it applies in so many different things. I say that because it applies in so many different things. It's because, like we were talking about with this girl that I was mentioning that you said don't go back to. I don't go back to her because she doesn't change. But... If she decided, I want to say this, if the root of the word decide, I heard this by Ken Jocelyn, the root of the word decide is to kill off. So when you decide you want something and you want that, you kill off everything that's in between. Everything in between from you getting to what you want, you kill it. 
And that's why you stop hanging around with the certain people you do. So it all comes down, how badly do you want it? And if you want it, decide. And once you decide, you kill off every distraction in between. And that's probably the best one I got right now. Best. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know what I mean? Who would have thought, right? Like, what I've been covering the last 40-something minutes with you, right? Like, it's just, I'm just so, so impressed with you, man. Like, it's crazy. Um, Are you impressed because of my mindset? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just, <laughs> uh, it's a combination of both, man. To have that, that mindset at that age is incredible, right? It takes a lot of people years to kind of get to the point that you're at. So yeah, it, also, you're ahead, it also helps when you're surrounded by a great group of people. That's the one thing I would say. When you have... A great group of people around you. There you go. <laughs> so it does help with that. But again, it also comes down to self-awareness, like you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. You have to have a lot of self-awareness. And from, I feel like moving to eight different locations before I even went to high school gave me so much self-awareness. Because I was like, okay, everywhere you go, there's going to be the same kind of people. There's going to be the popular kids. There's going to be the goth kids. There's going to be the stomach kids. There's going to be the degenerates, the car kids. There's going to be all these different types of people and you need to be self-aware about who you are. So that's what I feel. And it's funny cause I'm also an introvert. Like I'm a natural introvert. Like I like to just chill in my home. And like when I go home, like, yes, I'm home. But again, moving to those eight different times, it, it's taught me that so many extroverted tendencies that I'm like, when you see me, you think I'm an extrovert because I've just taught myself to, how to network, how to talk to people right, right. naturally. And it's such a great thing for you. I think you have to have balance. I think no. there's always like a, ah, oh, it's a great quote. You're going to love it. There's a, in, you know, the yin and yang, mm-hmm. there's the white, and there's the black. Neither one is right or wrong. But I feel like wisdom, a true wise man knows when to choose white or black. And I feel like that's, I love that quote. I don't know why I just wanted to say that. No, well, there you go, man. That's beautiful, right? It takes a lot, right, to understand that, right, right, wrong, and make those decisions, right, and being able to do that. And you got to have wisdom to be able to make those decisions, Mm -hmm. right, and those clear-cut things. That's like, for me, what I got to tell my wife, one of the things is that when I get involved with certain things or certain decisions that I make, I try to remove all emotion from from the equation. Mm -hmm. You know, I just go in there and just try to put as black and white as I possibly yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Also, so, no, I think about it. I try to put as black as white as I can so I can yeah. make a decision, right? But there's so always going to be a gray area. So, you know, you definitely got to do that. Um, so then lastly, right, as we wind it down here, then my last question for you then is this, right? Um, looking back at these younger kids, right, and if you had to give them one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, that's a good one. Young advice to a kid. Oh, so now I'm thinking about what I wanted to hear as a kid, basically. That's what there I'm trying to think of. And um, when I, when I think about that, it's basically stop procrastinating is a good one. That's one that keeps coming to my head because I was a huge procrastinator. And like you were saying off camera before, because I was talking about like how I wanted to find my angle in the industry, how I wanted to get in. But I just don't know what angle to get into yet. Right, right. But I feel like you just said, just, just start. Just move. Just start. Just go. Uh, so I feel like that's a great thing for kids to understand. It's like, when you want to do something, just do it. Just, it, how again, how badly it comes down to how badly you want it. Just decide, kill off what's in between, and go get it. Because as a young kid, I was a little, I was like the little guy. I was always shadowed in my brother's footsteps. And I was always scared to just do what I wanted to do. If I wanted to punch a kid in the face, I'd be like, eh. even though he's talking crap about me right to my face, he's saying stupid crap, I would just be like, eh. Because, I don't know, it was just, I procrastinated so much and I just didn't go after what I wanted. I remember in high school, I always wanted to join the football team because I, I was quick and I loved football as a little toddler. I loved it because I used to play Football, Taekwondo, and Jiu-Jitsu, and I wanted to get back into all those things, but I just never joined the football team. And then it became sophomore year. I was like, I'll join next year. And it became junior year, and then COVID hit. I was like, all right, well, now I can't join. <laughs> and then it became senior year, and it was, again, COVID. Well, they had football, but I didn't join again. And then I'm out of high school. I'm like, why didn't I join? So, it was, again, don't procrastinate. Don't put things off as a little kid. Uh, you want to 
if you want something, go after it. If you want to play basketball, just play basketball. Because you're still young, you can mess up, and you're going to mess up. Right. When, right. You're, when you're doing something you want, don't be discouraged by just messing up. Everyone messes up. Everyone loses. It's just what you do after you lose. You have to just take it as a lesson and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it's... it's Man, you, you got to be strong in those areas, man. Yeah. Just, just learn and move on, right? And, in every area. In every area. Relationships, friendships. And everything, everything, right? I think yeah. it goes down to, to like you were saying, right? Um, just go out there and don't progress. Just move. It's, it's, it's this quote that I love that I came into earlier this year. And, you know, I can go into it similar and just changing the words a little bit. But it goes, you know, you could either say something and mess everything up or say nothing and mess yourself up. Mm-hmm. Right? And same thing, right? You could either do something about it, right? And then if you do something about it, something could change, or you could do nothing and then live with the what if for the rest the of your life. The regret. And nobody wants to live with the what if. No one. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and you said like regret. I was thinking about that. I was saying something about regret, but I, I, I don't believe in regret, right? Mm-hmm. Like, man, so I'm starting to think about it because, you know, everything that you did in your life at one point, that was exactly what you wanted to do. Right. That's why you did it. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, because the outcome didn't go the way you planned shouldn't mean you should regret that action. Mm-hmm. You just got to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. But at least you did it. You at know what you happens right now. You yeah. know what happens if you do that. Right. Yeah, and if you don't do it, you're like, all right, now what if I did it? And that's why I also believe don't waste your time in procrastination because all the millionaires in the world, the reason they're millionaires, because they didn't waste their time. Right. And they all know that a billion dollars, a trillion dollars, all the net worth in the world cannot buy you one second of time back in this life. So whatever I do tonight, I can't get back. I can make up for it the next day, but I cannot get it back. So that's why, again, if you want to do it, just do it. You can't get that time back. I can't go back to high school and join the football team, uh-huh. no matter how badly I want to. I can't go back and kiss that girl in the car that I want to kiss. I can't. You just you got to do it. Yeah. Just go for it. Just what can you do? It. Fall on your face? All right, well, get back up. That's it. All right, that's it. At least you know. At least you know you're going to live with that regret, man. But... Dude, man, Eli, it's just, it's just been an incredible conversation, man, and I'm so just blown away. It's just really as we're talking, man, like your mindset and seeing how how aware you are of yourself, what you want to do, man, the, the, the things that you're trying to better yourself is incredible. Again, being again that you're 19 years old and trying to and already understand what it takes to get what you want out of life, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot, like I said, because a lot of kids these ages, they want to be out, right? Dylan says to me right and it's funny i see him right now because a year ago right he, he told me that i guess i taught him that it was okay to work on saturday night right he's like why were you here saturday yeah. night like and i was like listen man i got kids i got family right i gotta mm-hmm. make sure that it works for me right and i don't my biggest thing is that's why i do the show i do not want to miss any time with my kids so my kids are up mom with my kids you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I'm sorry. That's why I said when I when they go down, I put them to bed, I'll come off and do my thing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But my kids are going to see me every single day, whether they like it or not. I'm being <laughs> in their face every single day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't want them to ever wonder or feel or have that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, my daddy isn't here. Or I want this or I want that. Like, I never want them to feel that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, so um, that, that's the reason why I do this. I think, I think again, I'm so so excited to see what becomes of you, bro. And 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 the good thing about it is that I get to have a front row seat, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna have a lot more in common, and we're gonna yeah. do a lot more of these shows. I think again, like yeah. what you're doing is absolutely incredible. I really think that you absolutely, even now that after having this conversation, you absolutely positively need to start your podcast. I don't care what yeah. you talk about or whatever that you do, you absolutely need to do something asap yeah. because the people to see a kid your age, right? Other kids 18 17 16 15 years old to see somebody close to their age relevant being out there achieving like going out there and really want to do something with their life and making an impact that is inspirational mm-hmm. with itself that is an angle yeah. that you could use right now to take off and do what you got to do mm-hmm. but you absolutely 100 percent need to get started yeah asap yeah if you need tips helps whatever you need to, I, listen i'm a phone call away we're here for you man you know what I'm yeah, saying? i feel like the big reason i haven't gotten started yet is because like i'm moving <laughs> it's so difficult because I'm moving to Florida, Ocala, Florida. It's all there is in Florida is horses. So I feel like a big problem is like I have no network down there. I'm gonna hit you with a with a with a, with a very go very ahead, powerful quote. Hit me, right? hit me with that, something that a very wise man said is very close to all of us, all of us, right? Mm-hmm. I make time. Yep. Not excuses. Oh, 100. 
Right. I know who said so that. So leave that. Leave with that. All right. That. Leave with that, man. So listen, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Everybody, thank you so much for watching and being here. As I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay mm. blessed, everybody. Mm. All right.